Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, verses 5 to 14. So he came to a sound of, sound of Samaria, a town of Samaria, excuse me, called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it of himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And our theme for Lent 3 is Jacob's well as waters of life. It has been said that necessity is the mother of invention. And that makes a certain amount of sense, since people would like to do what they do as easily and infrequently as possible. The way of laboring to provide for their lives. Virtually every invention has answered some question of labor and time. It isn't only inventiveness that comes that way. If there is ever a threat to the needs of life, people will find to get what they need. And if they must, they may lie or cheat or steal, perhaps even murder to live. Most of the time, we are sympathetic to that way of behaving because we understand that we might do the same kind of things given the same circumstances. We want what we want, when we want it, in any case. But even if we don't pursue what we want, we will pursue what we think we need with a vengeance. That's why people can live in jungles or frozen wastes. It's why people survive disasters, build for earthquakes and hurricanes, and the rest. This woman that Jesus runs into is equally inventive in surviving her circumstances. She's at a well that Jacob dug out of many centuries before. This is a spring-fed well and very old, yet it has given a means of living to many people over the time. 
It's really quite miraculous from a great man. There's another side to this, though. The well stood in Samaria. Because of a lot of history, the Samaritans were considered unclean by the Jews, a kind of half-breed with a half of their religion. Being with them was so unacceptable that they would travel well out of the way to come to Jerusalem. Yet Jesus was right there in the midst of them. The reason I say this woman was inventive is because she has a number of insurmountable problems. Yet she does what she has to do to survive. She has no one to take care of her. So she's gone from man to man living with them as husbands. She is an outcast in her hometown. Because of that, so she visits the life-giving well at high noon instead of the cooler hours, like everybody else would do. She can't be there with them, but Jesus is here. It is apparent that even she doesn't understand why Jesus is there. He's a Jew, so being in Samaria is odd. He's a man, so being with her openly is a little risky. She's a Samaritan and a known adulteress. So that's even worse. His disciples were a little shocked about all of that themselves. And on top of that, she asked why he would take water from her hand at this well. And what does he do? He sits down there intentionally at this well with this woman at high noon And he points her to her obvious problems with this life and lets her know there is something greater here than water. He shows her that this water of Jacob's well, no matter how amazing, is just water. And she will still die. Even if this life is well covered. She lives in bondage to the needs of her body and life. And so she sins and will sin no more. And she will die. Like hers, one great cause of our sin is perceived need and the suspicion that no one will handle it but ourselves. We need respect. So we get angry and defensive about that. Some even kill. We need comfort and happiness, so we cheat on our taxes and our marriages. We might even steal. We need to console impatience, so we speed in cars and holler at people who get in our way. Some even have shootouts about it. We need all kinds of things. Truly need them. Sometimes what we want is only what we think we need. But we act the same way. If it seems to be a real need, especially of life and death, we'll do anything because we think we have to do anything. In the end, we sin for the perceived need. Just like this woman did what she thought she needed to do. 
we see now and live now all too often. God's way is hard to see and mostly invisible unless you really pay attention. Except we don't want to pay attention to what is sin when we think we have needs. So in the end, we attend to those needs first for water in the moment and we sin and die. You will face God. You will know your real needs and your real sins. Just like this woman heard from Jesus. And in that day, what you found to be really needful will be laid out before you. Will you have chosen the water of a dead man? Or will he have chosen the water of life in Christ to guide you? It's true that Jesus drew attention to this woman's sin, but more importantly, he gave an answer to the true need. Jacob's answer was water and gave that in a truly great way, but he died and did nothing for her sins. So like Jacob, she would pass away into the bondage of sin and death. All her answers were for the now, not for eternity. She thought Jacob was great, and so he was, but she didn't know Jesus beyond a moment at the well. Jesus is greater than Jacob, and she was about to find out. If you could ask Jacob right now, he would say to you that Jesus is his salvation, the eternal answer to his sins and to his death. Jesus is also the very one who provided for all his earthly needs. And now Jacob is overflowing in Christ as Christ lives, so does Jacob. That's greater than anything anybody has ever done. This water is forever. Would he not also give water that overflows into this life so that the real needs are handled perfectly according to his grace and mercy for all people? God does bring this water to this life here and now, whether you see it or not. The miraculous well in Samaria that Jacob brought forth is of God, but he also brings forth something greater by revealing to blind eyes how sin destroys. That's what you will see when you look at this cross of blood And that same cross and blood also reveals the water of life. It is far greater that Jesus accomplishes the overwhelming grace of God for sinners in the blood of his cross. It is far greater that Christ has revealed his power to take away sin and death and to give water that wells up to eternal life. It is far greater that in Christ all sin is gone And all death is broken. Jacob's needs were all covered, along with the Samaritan woman, and yours by water of wells and by water of life. We all have the water of life that Jesus is, and he offers free in his righteous life in submission to death. We have the water of the spirit of life that Jesus has worked you to be holy in his blood. 
We have Christ to raise you up from death to life. This water of life wells up in you and for you to bring you to eternal life. This water of life opens your eyes to have the full perspective on what is true and what is good and what is really and truly vital to life now and forever. This water of life helps you to be content with what you have in Christ and in this life to wait for the greater hope that is already yours in the promise of God, in the water of life, in the blood of the cross of Christ, in the empty tomb. Look again at what Jesus has done. He was content to even die to give us eternal life, life without sin, life without death, real life that is greater than anything you can achieve in the water of Jacob's well. This woman was totally unworthy of any attention from God, except perhaps eternal condemnation for her many scandalous sins. Yet, Christ was with her. This woman did not only have Jesus and stay at the well of Jacob, this water of Christ welled up in her to carry along the whole town she lived in. They also found Jesus at their well of sin, and they also were given his life. Jacob's well, when Jesus was seen in all reality, became a place of life, not just earthly life to that end, but eternal life for many who believe. That water of life is the same water you have in Christ, and likewise, it is eternal. Some of us have memories of moments as children that were really terrifying. Every once in a while, we would catch a splinter in the finger or some other place, and somebody had to get it out. Splinters hurt some, but our parents did surgery. Out came the needles and the alcohol and maybe even iodine. Now, that stuff was really scary. But what we couldn't see is that it was needed. They would have to listen to the wild screaming, the begging to stop, the really useless hysterics about something that hurt very little, but seemed like a world stopper at the time. Our parents were very patient about such things, and they would not be put off the task that was really necessary, even if it was so unhappy. You can see some of that way in Jesus with the woman at the well. She had sins and she was worried for her well-being, enough that it caused her further sins that could take her only to death and hellfire. Yet Jesus was there with her to bring her the water of life. As for you... Can you trust your God with the things of this world, with your ultimate well-being in this world, if you trust him with eternal things? In Christ, you have his death for yours, and his life as your own. That's the eternal water of life welling up in you forever. Would he not also give you all things that you may need in this world? You know he would.
Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.